MailChimp presents. As a marketer, you're speaking to a vast audience. Some people need to be converted into customers, some need to be reunited with their carts, and others have just made a purchase. But when you fail to segment your audience and personalize your messaging, you can get what's called a customer. One big cluster of customers who may seem alike, but actually all have different behaviors. So how do you turn those customers back into customers? With Intuit MailChimp, you can use personalization tools that segment customers into groups, break them up into like-minded target audiences, and send them personalized marketing. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide numbers of customers in 2021 and 2022. Availability of features and functionality vary by plan, which are subject to change. Hello, friend. I'm Paul Jarvis. Welcome to Call Paul, a show where I get to ring up some of the most interesting minds in small business and have thoughtful conversations about their unconventional approaches to commerce. I've run my own small company for the last 21 years, and I've written books on how bigger isn't always better in business. In this season, I'm talking to folks who are prioritizing doing the right thing over just the most profitable. Some are starting something brand new, standing up their businesses in an entirely new environment. Others have been at it a while, working to ensure their continued sustainability through turbulent times. And there's a lot to learn from everyone. You know, there's the old cliche that, you know, when America catches a cold, Black America catches the flu, and that is sort of what's happened with mainstream media and the Black press. Throughout history, Black press had just been present for so many major turning points. And as we find ourselves in another one, we want to be a part of the group that meets the moment and fills this void for Black Americans. That's Okoto Ofriata, who, along with her co-founder, Lauren Williams, are in the process of beginning Capital B, a Black-led, nonprofit, local and national news organization reporting for Black communities across the country. The two met a decade ago, working at an online magazine, The Root, and they became fast friends. In the time between then and now, both Lauren and Okoto became seasoned newsroom leaders and climbed to the top of their industry. Capital B isn't a standard newsroom as they aren't going after advertisers to generate revenue. Instead, they're a nonprofit seeking to raise donations from individuals and philanthropists aligning themselves with others who get the mission. And embedded in that mission to serve Black Americans is the act of listening. And while other businesses solicit feedback only after they launch, for Capital B, listening from the get-go is foundational. And like any other startup, they're dealing with the complexities of getting a business from zero to one. Across the United States over the last 15 years, we've lost a quarter of our um, local newspapers There are whole communities that 
just don't get any news at all. There's some where the newspapers still exist, but they're like ghosts of their former selves. They, you know, don't come every day or they're half the size that they used to be and they don't cover the same area. A lot of our local TV news has been overtaken by some companies that maybe don't have the the best interests of the audience at heart or have some political intentions or biases. And underscoring all of that is the fact that mainstream media has never done an amazing job of covering Black people and Black concerns and Black stories. And so even at their full strength, Black communities weren't covered amazingly well. And now uh, the news is, is, is not at its full strength at all. And it's, you know, we're not in a good place. Of course, we have a really strong uh, history of Black media and ethnic media in this country. But a lot of that Black media is, has been hit by some of the same business struggles that the rest of media has been hit with, the, the decline in ad revenue. And, and so there are a number of holes that, that we're looking to fill with, with capital B. So the, the picture you painted for the industry is is kind of bleak, right? So why why start something right now then, given given all of that? So our model has something to do with that a little bit. I mean, one of the reasons why the industry is struggling is because the traditional methods of revenue for the for-profit news business are kind of becoming obsolete. It's the ad business, you know, not where it's at <laughs> anymore. It's not going to be the model of the future. So we decided to go the nonprofit route, local journalism, civic journalism. It's a, it's a public good. And this is an endeavor that people should want to support and philanthropists should want to support with their billions and, you know, regular folks should want to, to donate small amounts to, to support because it is you know, really important, you know, for democracy, for for our communities to be informed. Akoto, can you speak to how that's different in terms of uh, a nonprofit revenue model? As Lauren was saying, that it's hard to find, you know, a market solution for journalism because so much of the impact having sort of shape-shifting journalism that is necessary to do is not necessarily something that advertisers always want to support. Um, it is time intensive. It is slow. <laughs> so, you know, it's not the, the kind of thing where, you know, advertisers see a lot of a lot of benefit. And what, what you can do with the nonprofit model is really align the funding more closely to the mission of the journalism, um, because, you know, funders are coming in, you know, believing in the mission and the vision of what you're trying to do. So it's just more, it's more, more closely aligned. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I think that's smart. Do you both have defined roles with Capital B or do you like what do you both do for the business right now? When you're co-founding, you're both doing so much of the same thing, but we do see we're at a stage where we are seeing that it might be beneficial to sort of like, you know, have some more clearly defined roles. So I'll answer for Lauren. Sure. She is a visionary. She is thinking very strategically and deeply about all of our funding prospects and how we're really going to support this really, really big journalism idea we have. And she is thinking also deeply about staffing and about the editorial work that we'll have to do once we get this off the ground. 
um, in addition to, you know, partnerships and everything. Um, Akoto is also a visionary. <laughs> um, she is also um, a strategist. She's someone who is thinking a lot about um, and strategizing around a lot of our audience and partnerships and um, making sure that we are talking to all of the right people and crossing all of our T's and dotting all of our I's as we are doing our research and starting to enter into these communities and also making sure that we are compliant with all of our board stuff and finances and all of that. What made you want to start Capital B with each other? And was there any worry there because you were friends previously to starting something and that being a trickier, I guess, or was that not even something you worried about? I think one of our first conversations we had was like, are we, we're friends, are we worried about working with each other? And we pretty quickly were like, no, we think, well, this will be great. Um, we didn't really have any concerns because again, our, our friendship was born in a newsroom. So this is just a very sort of natural progression. And then we met at the root 10 or 11 years ago. We, we had ideations of like, man, if we had our own newsroom. What would it look like? What would we do? And, you know, we both had a long way to go before we, <laughs> before we could get to a place where we could actually launch our own thing. But 2020 happened, COVID, um, then the death of George Floyd and the, the um, you know, reckoning that came after that in the country and more specifically in our industry. Um, you know, you saw this in, across all industries, but in journalism, Black journalists really started speaking out about the ways in which they had been failed in their newsrooms and the ways in which, you know, the stories that they wanted to tell, they didn't have necessarily have the space um, or the support to do it. And there were some pretty, like, harrowing stories that came out of that, that time. And Lauren and I were thinking about everything that's happening in the world, thinking about you know, what, what black people would need coming out of this. And it just felt like now was the time to, to, to do it. And the, the really um, outrageous thing is I live in the DC area and Akoto lives in, in Brooklyn. And um, we have not seen each other in person since from that moment when we texted each other that we needed to do this to this day. <laughs> We made all of these decisions. We decided to quit our jobs. We, you know, we raised all this money. We've, you know, started a news organization. We still have not seen each other in person um, in all this time. Wow. It's outrageous. Wow. We have plans. We're both fully vaccinated. We're going to see each other soon, but it hasn't, it hasn't happened yet. So the text message happens. You're, you're doing this. What's the first, what comes next? Like, what's the, what's the first concrete step that you took to start Capital B? The first thing we did was have a Google Hangout and like so we could look at each other's faces, look at each other's eyes, and just, like say, "Are we really gonna do this?" A million times, we're not doing this. Are we? Really <laughs> no, we're not really gonna do this. Are we gonna do this? No. Um, um, then we and then we wrote out. Um, we wrote out a memo about our idea. It started out with us sort of really outlining what our values were. <sighs> Obviously, local news and the local news crisis was very important to us. And also very important to us was 
the sort of power and promise of the sort of ambitious kind of national level investigative journalism, expensive, high touch journalism that, you know, big mainstream publications do, but black media rarely has the funding <laughs> to do. Um, it's almost like kind of radical to think about a black publication doing that kind of work or getting the funding to do that kind of work. And we really wanted to do that as well. And we sort of realized in sort of mapping it out that those didn't necessarily need to be two different ideas, that we could merge them into one mega, super ambitious idea in capital B and really not sell Black audiences short in any way and give us all of it. And the, and the thing that capital B is going to be doing on the local side specifically is really thinking about basic information that people don't have. Right. So these are not necessarily investigations and big features with like all of the bells and whistles and like photography and multimedia. If we're serving a community, how do we make sure that people living here have access to good information to help them navigate their community? Do I know everything I need to know about housing? Do I know everything I need to know about uh, schools? Do I know everything I need to know about um, jobs and benefits? And just very basic service journalism that is really missing and part of what I think the industry as a whole is um, in a lot of places are, are, are grappling with but need to do better at. And so we want to be able to provide that service for Black Americans who, you know, are living under, in some cities, under a lot of severe circumstances where they just don't know that there's, you know, information that can help them, you know, navigate those better. You both help build the, the- the, the media companies you were at and became like known in this industry that, that you're in, right? Do you think it was harder to start something new given that you both had really good reputations um, going into things? Like, do, do you think that that put more pressure on? And I think it was much easier to do it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a lot of pressure on us for us to make this good. But um, when you're out there trying to raise money for a big ambitious thing, it's really good to have a resume to, to, to back you up. And we are confident in our, in our ability to, to make this thing good. And so we, we, we just need folks to, to join us and believe in us and, and the resume helps. Is there, is there anything at all that you're like, okay, we've learned that this is something that we don't want in capital B, or we've learned this is definitely something that we want to see in capital B as a, as a company. I'll go first and just sort of comparing my experience in nonprofit versus for-profit. There was something about the way really ambitious, almost moonshot ideas seemed to be supported from any level of the organization. If we had, you know, a fellow who wanted to do a big investigation, you know, in, in my nonprofit experience, we, you know, you try to find a way to make it happen, um, which is definitely something that I hope to carry through a capital B and also something that I think black journalists really want and need. Lauren, what do you think? Um, I mean, I, this isn't necessarily from my last job, which was pretty generous with, with benefits, but I, I do think that companies can be really stingy with benefits in a way that goes beyond cost saving. And I kind of, you know, I just, I, I, I want us to be just kind of radically generous with benefits. 
I think that the, the, the benefits of benefits, you know, for, in the workplace of people feeling, you know, well cared for and happy and like they're not working for, you know, evil corporate overlords is, you know, that that pays for itself in some ways in terms of productivity and in terms of retention. And, you know, I just think that there's so many just just antiquated ideas that are just held onto in in just work culture because it's how they've always been done that are just kind of mean like what's what's an example of that not trusting people around their sick leave or or i was talking to a friend i had unlimited we had unlimited vacation and sick leave at my at my last job and i was talking to a friend about how they can't take more than two days of sick leave without at her job without bringing in a note and I was like what <laughs> she was like oh yeah because they don't want us to use our sick leave instead of our vacation like if, if it's if it's if you're not really sick they they want us to use our vacation so they they don't they don't have to pay you out right and when you leave and it's just so diabolical like you don't have like forcing someone to go to the doctor that kind of thing is just you know it just makes you feel bad about work and people just shouldn't feel bad about work. I agree. And like, particularly with the sick days thing, having worked at a newsroom that covered gun violence, where like, you're basically like dealing with death <laughs> almost every day. Like it's not every kind of sick day that you can get a doctor for, you know, some days you're, you're, you're sad. <laughs> you're not going to be able to do the job the way that you And that's not a vacation day. And it's not a vacation day either. So why to call that a vacation day? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so in terms of thinking about benefits and then thinking about the structure of how things work, what is the zero to one of setting up a news desk? So, so one of the really important things about Capital B is we're not just two women from <laughs> D.C. and New York parachuting into these cities, deciding what a community is supposed to care about and like just plopping a website there. And at a minimum, we have four people um, staffing a bureau to start. And, you know, they kind of grow from there depending on the size of the city. And every every bureau will have a community engagement person who will be in charge of not just like social media, but that actual like active community engagement, which could mean like offline, you know, events, talking to people, going to people's houses potentially knocking on people's doors to get people the news and information that they need. What we want is for the community to really drive what their individual Capital B Bureau is really going to be about. And so before we launch, we do focus grouping, we interview a ton of people. And I've done that in my previous role for a very specific project. And um, it's incredibly, you know, incredibly valuable information that you get having letting people sort of popping the hood and letting people who are going to be ultimately engaging with this see what you're working on um, to give you some real feedback. We hear what they find lacking about the news that they currently have, what they would want from the news if, you know, a brand new news organization came. And then we hire folks who live in the community. You really have to be open to um, allowing your your priors to be challenged. Like you can't just go in thinking that 
everyone's going to tell you, yeah, like the, the newspaper here is racist or, you know, or whatever, you, you know, you have to be really open and hear people out and, you know, what is it that you like about it? Why are you loyal to it? What do you wish that you had? And, and you know, the, the thing that is an, an absolute important truth is that Black people are not monolithic. Like <laughs> everyone is different. Understanding sort of the contours of a, a, a community and, and the different people in it is, is a really important part about going into it. Is Capital B going to be just digital or print or is there going to be because I know I know you have experience with video right so is it gonna is it gonna kind of involve all of those things to to get different I get even just age groups and like I think about younger folks not wanting to read like a newspaper like their parents so we want to meet the audience where they are our sort of our baseline product offering is going to be a website but we want to partner with print publications to publish our work. We may even publish our own work. We want to partner with radio stations. We want to partner with local popular social media accounts. We want to have live events. We want to do what we can to reach people because we know that a website, depending on the demographics and you know, and the news habits of a, of a, of a group of people are not is not necessarily going to be the thing. And so we will be really aggressive about trying to reach the people in the community where they're, where, where they are. Like if you, if, if you're in an area where, you know, broadband internet is not widely accessible, then we can't expect you to come to a website to engage with Capital B work. If you're a younger person, we expect that you might prefer to hear from us on a social media platform, like Lauren was saying. So we really want to be nimble as we think through that stuff. Can you tell us why then place is so important? Capital B wants to be in position to like capture everything. And to do that, I think responsibly, you have to just be committed to a place and really invest in people and resources to make sure that we have the big picture and the full context when we're, when we're doing our news. Context is a very big, important thing for us. Lauren comes from Vox where that was <laughs> their mantra was explaining the news and we can't deliver on that context if we're not serious about a real commitment to the communities we're serving. There, there are some Black neighborhoods out there that only get news coverage when from their local media when someone gets shot, right? And we're talking about national media parachuting in to, to cities, but, but on a local level, that happens in neighborhoods, right? Where the, the local media just comes in to cover crime and then leaves. And what we're saying we do in the local community is, is not leave, <laughs> is cover that neighborhood in good times and in bad or cover the neighborhood from the perspective of people who are trying to be safe and not as spectators to a tragedy. And that is part of what we want to do to, to build trust and, and part of what we just want to do because that's what people who live there deserve from the media. Yeah, that make that makes sense. What do you want your audience to take away from Capital B? What I hope Capital B does in the long run is habituate people to it, to recognize trustworthy and like accurate information and to expect that. 
And I think with all of the misinformation that's swirling, part of part of our a big part of our mission is to combat that, particularly since Black people have been targeted in some really crazy ways. But getting people to understand the value of journalism and the value of trustworthy journalism and recognizing good trustworthy journalism is something that I hope we can we can accomplish. And I think key to that is doing a lot of that local stuff, is just sort of giving people information that is actually useful to them, right? And part of becoming like a more informed, more engaged citizen is just like knowing where you can get information from. How do you get people? I guess that, that's something I'm just thinking of now as you're, as you're saying that, Akoto. What, how do you get people to trust uh, a news source? I think trust starts with listening and then staying. And then, you know, having a consistent, a consistent approach to what you're covering and making sure that what you're covering is also accessible. And there's, you know, there's a ton, there's tons of different ways to do that. What's the dream for, for Capital B? Like, what do you, like, say we say, say the show checks back in five years uh, with the, with the two of you and Capital B, what, if all goes according to plan, what does that look like? Assuming we can even get you on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one, um, you'll have to call, you know, our team and I don't know if you'll be able to grab us. Um, but we, we will be in cities from coast to coast and we will have a large and robust national team doing really impactful journalism for, um, black Americans across the country. We will have made a difference in millions of people's lives. That's the dream. We will also have made the industry better by training and um, working with Black journalists, giving them platforms and opportunities to do really ambitious work. We want to have a sort of a marked influence on how you know the industry is hiring, retaining, supporting. So I noticed when I checked out your website that it's two pages that tell your story so far. And so I guess it's clear that you are all still at the very start of this journey. So what might you want to tell others then who are just thinking about starting a business? Something that's been really interesting to us is starting something that aligns with the values of just, you know, so many regular people out there. Uh, Like you said, so far, we just have basically just a splash page. We don't have any content yet. We have not launched. We, We won't be launching until late fall. And we've really just basically announced that we're doing this with a couple of Twitter threads and you know, we've collected emails and sent out two emails so far to our email list. And we've already um, collected almost, you know, small donations from almost 500 small donors who, you know, see what we're doing and they think it's a really good idea. And it connects with how they're thinking about the world right now too. And yeah, I, I just think as you're thinking about putting yourself out there and trying something new and, and taking that risk, making sure that that you're not kind of alone on an island in it and and that you know it's something that that you think will resonate with others as well so that you're you know that you you have you know partners in in your journey is is really important yes highly recommend i've said this but highly recommend 
um, building things with your good friends. It makes makes things easier. What sticks out to me from this conversation is how important building trust with local communities is and how much of that seems to be lacking right now, which leads to how important capital B is in this moment. To repeat what Okoto said, as I really think this is important, not just for news companies, but for all companies, trust starts with listening and then sticking around. And then finally, having a consistent approach to what you do. Listening, I think, is the openness to hear what you maybe weren't expecting and then change or pivot if needed. Because that seems like the core of what business is, serving others. And to do that, you've got to hear what they need first. This is such a critical step that many small businesses often miss. In this way, Lauren and Okoto are creating the type of newsroom they want to see exist in the world. One that's not just paying lip service to the Black experience in America, but instead one that properly addresses it to a community that shares a common experience, but is definitely more than just monolithically Black. Capital B launches in the fall of 2021 with one national and one local newsroom. Shortly thereafter, they'll be phasing in another two local newsrooms. I can't wait. Next Friday, I'll be chatting with two co-founders who are growing their mental well-being company while mandating time off. In startup culture, the concept of unlimited PTO is offered to individuals but never used. To actually feel a sense of rest and break requires everyone feeling it. And what I've seen in practice is it's not just that people feel more restful upon return, it's also that they feel a greater sense of community with one another because we have this shared ritual of a quarterly week off. I hope you'll join us. In the meantime, you can check out the Small Business Spotlight, also in the Call Paul feed. They're audio diaries from business owners, giving you a behind-the-scenes peek at the day-to-day of running a company. These stories are pretty great. I think you'll really enjoy them. Call Paul is wonderfully produced by Ruth Eddy and is a MailChimp original podcast. Subscribe now in your favorite podcast player so you can check out all our other episodes and seasons. And if you want more awesome content, check out MailChimp.com slash presents.